I'd been living in this pain for six and a half years. I had been, I had been walking <laughs> upstairs backwards. Okay. Some, a friend of a friend was like, oh, I had this friend. They had back pain. They walked up the stairs backwards and it helped. I was like, okay. I walked up backwards for like five years. Had steroid <laughs> injections, prolotherapy, PRP injections. I had paid thousands and thousands of dollars. And there was this part of me that was like, Rose, this can't be the cause of your pain because then that means you didn't have to do any of that. You could, you know, you could have recovered from this six months in and not six years in. And that's where that self-compassion and forgiveness, right? Every day we choose, do we want to heal? Do we want to change? What do we want to do? Tried lots of different things. It doesn't mean that you won't find something that works. It doesn't mean you should give up hope. Right. You're listening, You're listening to the On Call Impact Show. Welcome to another episode of the On Call Empath. Today, I am super excited for my next guest. You guys do not want to miss. Her name is Rose Barnes Covenant. She is the uh, founder of Courageous Queendom, and she's a pain recovery coach. She spent the last 10 years working in West Africa, and now she's dedicating her life to helping her clients get free from neck and back pain and uh, break up that programming in the brain. With that said, Rose, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Raj. How are you? Great. I'm so glad that you were uh, come on my show and I have so many questions to ask you. I know um, you spent the last 10 years uh, working in West Africa in public health. You've also uh, recovered through like almost six years of chronic back pain, um, reprogramming uh, your brain and processing unresolved emotions. How did that all start for me? If you don't, uh, if you can just kind of let us know from the beginning. I had thought for over six years that I was in pain because there was something physically wrong with my body. Mm -hmm. And so I'd gone to different doctors. I'd had MRIs. I'd tried everything from chiropractics to acupuncture to meditation to physical therapy, all of the things. And basically nothing was working. And I'd kind of resigned myself that I would just be in pain forever. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to convince myself that I could manage it. Um, I'm sure you can relate oh, as yeah. a fellow pain sufferer. After a while, you're like, okay, well, maybe I uh, don't need to ever hike again or ever run again or ever do the things that bring me joy. Maybe this is fine. Mm -hmm. And so I was actually scrolling on Instagram randomly when I got back from living overseas. And I saw this ad talking about neural circuit pain, talking about a new neurological approach mm -hmm. to healing from pain. And I thought, like, all right, well, I've tried everything else, so let me have a look at this. Right. And that was the moment that changed my life. Wow. That's when I started doing the work. So just starting out, like, you had a traumatic uh, experience, and do you think that was the main root cause um, of your pain, would you say? I think for me, it was not so much one specific traumatic event, but it was more having a difficult childhood growing up in a family that was not very psychologically safe. Mm -hmm. So I would have, um, for example, my father one day would tell me that I was selfish 
Can I swear on this podcast? You can swear all you want. (laughs) (laughs) One day he would be like, you are the only other adult in the house. You're the only person I can talk to and understand. And the next day he would call me a selfish bitch. So I had on the one hand this like love and joy and all of those things. And then on the other hand, I felt abandoned and rejected and not worthy. Um, My parents divorced when I was eight, which was good for them. And I think at that point, my mother um, also has anxious attachment, I believe. Mm -hmm. So she kind of went on her search to find her next partner. And I always felt like I was kind of this second wheel. Mm -hmm. My mother deals with undiagnosed depression. Mm -hmm. And so I had moved around a bit when I was younger. I decided to move back with my father. Um, My mother called me one day when I was 13 and told me that she had gone to a gun store. She had held the gun in her hand that she was going to come and murder my father and his girlfriend and me and herself. But then she decided against it and put the gun down. And I was like, uh... Wow. I'm 12 and I can't deal. Like, I can't. What do you say to that? You know? Right. So, for me, it wasn't like I was never physically abused. There was never one thing that I can point to and say, like, this is what it was. It was just an accumulation of things that left me feeling like I was really on my own in the world to, you know, to, to do what I could do. Mm-hmm. And so, that lack of psychological safety is actually a very common event that happens for many people that have neural circuit pain. Mm -hmm. For some people, it comes through as physical pain. For others, anxiety or depression, it's all the same Mm -hmm. process where your brain basically becomes hypervigilant. It becomes convinced that things are unsafe Mm -hmm. and it starts sending you signals to try to keep you safe, but it doesn't use its words. Instead, it sends you pain or anxiety or depression. Um, So for me, I believe that that early childhood experience of not feeling safe is really what the root of my pain was. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more common than we think. I think now with modern medicine, I mean, you could go to the doctor, uh, they can just write you a prescription and you're on your merry way, or you can go to a chiropractor, a physical therapy. I've been to a lot of places. I've tried everything from injections. I had some back issues um, for quite some time myself and I just mm-hmm. couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. I'm getting the runaround. These people are telling me that I just got to accept it. It's part of being old. I mean, I was in mm. like my mid 40s. Come on, like I'm not done yet. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were telling me I'm just going to have to live with it. And that created more mm-hmm. anxiety, more fear. So I just kept pushing even harder. I wasn't going to accept the fact that, you know, I'm just going to live with upper and lower back pain just all my life because that just wasn't good enough. There had to be some answer out there. So I just started researching and looking um, at different books. Um, One of them was uh, the Dr. Sarno, which totally changed my reality. Um, I just started to really look into mind-body um, syndrome and um, all kinds of things. And and so when I get a lot of people that reach out to me and they have, um, you know, fibromyalgia or uh, neck pain or back pain, 
and they never had any injuries in in their life. They've never fall. They even never fall off the bed. They've never, you know, had any car accident, nothing. So how does this even come about? So let's just start like from the ground. And if you can kind of explain to the audience the uh, neural circuit pain and what that is and what does that entail? I just want to add a caveat here that I'm not providing medical advice that if anyone is experiencing physical pain, they should always check with a doctor to make sure that they don't have a condition that would require treatment. So neural circuit pain is basically when your brain gets stuck in a pain cycle. So I talked about how your brain gets stuck in this hypervigilant state where if your brain becomes convinced that you are unsafe, it will start sending you either pain, anxiety, or depression in order to try to keep you safe because it thinks everything's dangerous. So for many people, there's a period of priming, Mm -hmm. which is often early childhood stress or trauma. And when I talk about trauma, I'm not just talking about capital T trauma. This can be anything from being bullied, Mm -hmm. from struggling with self-worth or self-love, not getting enough love from caregivers. So I don't want anyone listening to think, oh, I didn't have a specific big trauma. This isn't for me. This can really be anything, especially for people who are sensitive. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is we go through this priming. And our brain starts to wonder if things are safe or not. And then lots of us get personality traits as well around goodism, Mm -hmm. feeling like we need to be good all the time, feeling like we need to be perfect all the time. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And many of us become overgivers. So we're constantly pouring our energy and love into others Mm -hmm. and kind of depleting ourselves. And then later in life, um, for me, I was in my 20s when I started getting pain. We have some sort of triggering event. So this can be either an emotional stress or perhaps a physical accident that we never recover from. And it's that event that tips our brain from thinking things Mm -hmm. are generally safe to going into this hypervigilance where our brain thinks things are generally unsafe. And then our brain processes both physical and emotional Mm -hmm. pain in the same place. So once we get that first initial physical sensation... We start to get fear around it, right? We get fearful and anxious when our bodies hurt. We wonder what's wrong. Mm -hmm. We want to try to fix it. We start focusing on it. And that focus and fear and anxiety actually feeds this loop. And this can become Mm -hmm. a self-perpetuating cycle, even if nothing is actually physically Mm -hmm. wrong in our bodies. We can stay in this pain loop. You were asking earlier about pain onset. And for me, it was a recumbent bicycle. And people will always ask, like, oh, did you have an accident? Yeah, recumbing bicycle. And they're like, oh, you crashed? I'm like, no, it was stationary. I just, uh, you know, did it and then went to bed and woke up with this horrible pain. So that's a little bit about how your brain can wow. be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's very interesting. I mean, I know a lot of uh, highly sensitive people out there um, that are listening. Um, what would you say if someone came up to you and said, you know, so you're telling me that all my pains in my head, would you, would you just kind of feel offended or Mm -hmm. someone blowing you off? Let's say you went to a doctor and they're like, you know, just, it's all in your head. There's nothing structurally wrong. Mm -hmm. How did you deal with that? And if that ever happened to you, because this happened to me. It, it did happen to me. I actually went to a neurologist um, and I contend that his bedside manner was (laughs) terrible. 
And he basically looked me in the eye and said, you know, there's nothing really physically wrong with you. Have you tried meditation? And I just <laughs> burst into tears. God. And his assistant was there. And she is like searching for tissues. There's no tissues in this office. And she like opens a gauze that I'm trying to like, it was just terrible. And I was like, my back hurts. <laughs> like, there is no way that is in my head. And there's this perception when someone says, oh, the pain is in your head. People feel like um, they're being told they're making it up. They're exaggerating. They're choosing this. None of that is true. All of this neural circuit pain, your brain being stuck in a pain cycle is subconscious. It's a natural physiological response, right? So. For anyone that's listening and thinking right. like, oh, is this woman telling me that it's all in my head? That is not true. Your pain is real. So any pain is really decided in the brain. Mm -hmm. So think about it like this. If back, back in the olden right. days, if you were running and hunting a deer and you rolled your ankle, your brain would get that signal and think, oh, I need to send you pain signals because if not, you're going to keep running and you're going to hurt your ankle more. So you would feel, but go back to that same scenario and imagine right. instead that you are running from a bear. If you're running from a bear and you roll your ankle, your brain gets that signal and it says, mm -hmm. okay, now I have two dangers. I have hurting my ankle and mm -hmm. I have being eaten by a bear. And in that event, your brain will choose to not send you any signals at all about the ankle because it's prioritizing your survival. So when people are talking about neural circuit pain, I just want to be clear that this is real pain. This is real debilitating, you know, spending hours laying in bed on a heating pad trying to make it go away. Mm. Like this is this is real. Right. And it it is frustrating. And I speak from personally because, I mean, I was told like a psychosomatic and I know like, you know, when you go to medical school, I don't know how much they they study this subject you know, just having a doctor telling you that you'll be okay, that it's nothing to worry about, that in itself produces something, at least brings down the anxiety level, especially for me. I can't really speak for others, but at least for myself, every place I went, mm -hmm. it was just like, we don't know what's going on. It's in your head. Uh, have you tried, you know, um, meditation? You know, and w what can I really expect? I mean, I, other than a prescription, I mean, there or or surgery, which I'm, you know, I'm not even considering because I've heard um, horror stories with back back surgeries being failed like two or three times. Um, and so I'm just sitting there like there's got to be there's got to be a different answer. I mean, not every doctor that I've seen um, can confirm that, that there's this is all in my head until you know, I came across a few doctors recently, which started to break down exactly the mind body and, and how my brain is protecting me from repressed emotions. And so I started studying it. And then I, I kind of got my own conclusion, I, I had to do the digging, I had to do the research. And I had to really believe mm -hmm. in my heart, not know, just no, believe that I'm okay, that I'm not in any danger. And the and the pain slowly went down from like a 10, slowly down to a 7 to a 6. So and, and this is something that is very profound. And I can't really put my finger on it. But just having a doctor that understood me, heard me, sat me down and asked me a little bit about my history, asked me how I'm doing and didn't want to rush me out of the office. That's when I started to see the real healing. So with that said, I wanted to switch gears here and just ask you, like, 
how do you shift your your like how do you shift out your thinking um that your pain was caused by something physical i had tried everything <laughs> i'd gone to all the doctors um i'd gotten different diagnoses that i have uh some deteriorated cartilage in my knee i have some arthritis in some of my vertebrae i have some deterioration in some of the ligaments and i tried all of the things and i think i just got to the point where as you said, there has to be a better answer. The mm-hmm. option of I'll just live the rest of my life in <laughs> this pain and, you know, no problem. I just won't sit in chairs forever. No problem. It's fine. Right. Uh, nothing big. <laughs> right. Nothing big. And that sounds silly, like the ability to sit in the chair. But if you cannot sit in a chair, it's like, well, you can't go to dinner with friends. You can't, you know, fly. And I work overseas. So. Mm-hmm was traveling a lot. And so for me, how I really shifted was just as you were saying, there was this first initial knowing of knowing, okay, childhood stress plus personality traits plus um, some triggering event. So all of my Mm -hmm. symptoms, and it wasn't just pain for me, actually, when I went back through my history, I'd had GI issues in my early childhood, I'd had headaches in my 20s. And then it was I understood that my brain was like amping it up. It was like, okay, well, you won't respond to nausea. How about headaches? No, how about <laughs> knee pain? How about back pain? And that did it. And so it was really this process of first um, understanding on an intellectual level mm-hmm. of doing the research into the neuroscience, of looking at the studies. One of my favorite is basically if you take a group of people and half have back pain and half do not, if mm-hmm. you give them MRIs, a doctor can't tell the difference. Right. They can't assign people in one group or the other. I think someone people, like over 50 years old has something on their MRI. Like, yeah, uh, exactly. that shows. <laughs> and no pain. Mm-hmm. They have no pain whatsoever. Exactly. Bulging discs is a huge one. It's um, something like 30% of 30 year olds <laughs> and 80% of 50 year olds uh, have a bulging disc and do not have pain. So if you have a group of people, I knew that I didn't have anything major. I knew that I didn't have a fracture. I didn't have a nerve um, being compressed. I didn't have anything that would require treatment. And as I learned more and more about this, after it sunk in at an intellectual level, it started to sink in at a gut level. I started to believe it. I started to Mm -hmm. be able to pick out those keys that indicated to me like, it doesn't make sense that this is physical, right? This, for example, one of my um, favorite things to go back right. to, and this is something I still remind myself of, I love dancing. And so I could dance and still be in some pain, but then the pain would be always worse the next day. It wouldn't happen while I was doing the activity. It would be after the fact. And yeah. I could never explain this. I always thought like, oh, well, I'm just making my muscles tired or I don't know. But it's actually because my brain (laughs) anticipated. I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to hurt a lot tomorrow. And my brain was like, okay, and sent me more signals because it felt more unsafe. You know, what I find uh, like just so interesting is like, I mean, you identified that you had this uh, neural circuit pain. Um, How did you like just uh own it like how did you know that that is what you have and and it's not something physically wrong in your body because here you you have doctors telling you like it could be this or it could be that 
But what made you finally like tip that scale and be like, they're all wrong. Um, I know what I have and I'm going to, I'm going to stick with that. That is a great question. I think when I first, when I first came across neural circuit pain, I instantly knew this was me at an intellectual and somewhat at an emotional level, because I had always felt like I was carrying around these really heavy bags of emotional shit that I was <laughs> carrying it around. And I thought, like, it's okay, Rose, mm -hmm. you're magnanimous, you're forgiving, you know, everyone did the best they could, and it's fine. And now here you are. And I wanted to leave the past in the past. And I just knew when I came across this that it made so much sense that all of this emotional stress and trauma that I had accumulated, mm -hmm. not just from childhood, but also living overseas in West Africa, living in some of the poorest countries in the world, seeing some of the most desperate human suffering, um, that all of this stress, even though I was pushing it down, that it it was manifesting in my body. My body was trying to tell me something. So it wasn't like a flip of a switch. Mm -hmm. There was that moment of knowing intellectually, and then it took some time for me to continue to prove it to myself. Um, so my next question is, what do you do like when you want to break free from um, neurocircuit pain? Like, What's the first step? Let's say someone's listening. What was the first step for you? So the first step is really believing that it's possible to recover because mm -hmm. we get jerked around by not intentionally right we get jerked around by different medical professionals i've had so <laughs> many doctors look me in the eye and say rose you've come to the right place i'm gonna you <laughs> gosh and i was like okay and then after the seventh one you're like i don't really think that's true <laughs> so the first, i feel your pain on that one step, right the, the first step is really just to start to allow yourself to have hope mm -hmm. and to start to get into the information. And this neural circuit pain, um, some people call it mind-body or TMS or PPD. It's all the same, essentially. And the more stories that you can listen to, um, the more information, when you start to see yourself mm -hmm. And you know at some level that this is you, I would just encourage you to keep going. Right. Like if I just think back to that moment when I was on Instagram, I just happened to be in the mood where I was like, all right, let me have a look. Um, but there were so many moments that I, I was not open to receiving that mm -hmm. information. That's a key that I want to point out to the listeners. Um, that's also what kind of got me in the healing path is I had to be ready. I mean, I wasn't going to take an answer that, oh, if I just think my way out of pain, I'm going to be out of pain. Like I, I would laugh like if you told me like a couple of years yeah. ago, but now, uh, <laughs> I mean, you got two people on this podcast that swear by it. And, uh, you know, that, that is, tr it's truly amazing how the brain protects us and it will give us pain to protect us from the elements. I mean, would you agree on that? Like, um, especially if there's nothing structurally wrong. Yeah, if there's nothing structurally wrong, and even for a lot of people that have diagnoses. So what tends to happen is, as part of this development of the pain, we have a first pain in our body. 
and we go to a doctor, which is good. You should definitely do that. But then we get a diagnosis. And so we go from being a person that, oh, I have a pain in my back to, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm a person with a bad back or I have a bad knee Mm -hmm. or I have fibromyalgia or I have a bulging disc or I have whatever it is. And our subconscious starts to think that we're broken. And when our subconscious thinks that we're broken, any time that our brain senses either a physical sensation or a difficult emotion, mm-hmm. it's going to amp up more and more into this hypervigilance mm-hmm. because your subconscious thinks you're broken. Your subconscious, it's just like the example where you're you know, running from a bear or hunting a deer. Mm-hmm. Your brain thinks, oh, there is something wrong with my back. I better be careful. <laughs> I better be careful how I'm sitting. Right. I better be careful that I'm not sitting too long or standing too long or walking too long. And the more you focus on it, the more you tune into it, you become hypervigilant. And this is all subconscious. This is not a choice. No one obviously would choose to be in pain, but it's something Mm -hmm. that can happen over time and it can actually get worse. And I just wanted to point that out, especially for the listeners out there. Um, Out of sight is out of mind for me. Like I threw away my my belt that I used to use, the um, the creams that I bought, the expensive you know, arthritis creams and, you know, all these things that I would uh, not leave the house with the ice pack, the heating pads, like this was like my reinforcement. Like when I get pain, boom, I'd take a, a pain medicine or boom, I would just sit on ice, wait till it goes away. But to me, I feel like that's reinforcing my brain. What do you think about that? That is a great question. So I firmly believe that everyone is on their own healing mm-hmm. journey. And everyone needs to do that at the pace that is best for them. So for you, if you are ready to toss out all of those things and 100% go into it, (laughs) that is amazing. You should definitely do that and you will recover faster. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about shifting the brain from thinking things are generally unsafe Mm -hmm. to thinking things Mm -hmm. are generally safe. Mm -hmm. So for someone that is used to, let's say they get migraines and they're used to taking a specific medication for that. I wouldn't necessarily recommend that they just stop taking the medication if they fear feel if they feel fearful mm-hmm. about it. Because that fear will make the pain worse. I agree. So yeah. what I would recommend, yeah, what I would recommend to anyone is to if you have some things that tend to make you feel better, you can continue to use them as long as they feel relevant and useful to you. And when they don't feel relevant and useful, Mm -hmm. then you can let them go. You can let them go all at once Mm -hmm. or you can let them go gradually. I mean, if it it works for you, just, yeah, obviously keep doing it. Um, But it wasn't working for me because my pain would return. I would take a a, Mm -hmm. pain pill. It would come back in a couple hours or I go to chiropractor. I'd be good for like two to to four hours and then it'd come right back. So nothing was permanent. And so... It wasn't until I started looking into this neural circuit pain, which also, um, like you said, is called TMS, mind-body syndrome. There's a bunch of um, different acronyms for it. But for anybody that's uh, listening out there, I mean, what is one piece of advice that you you would, you know, you can leave us with um, that somebody that may feel stuck um, at this very moment, and they've tried everything. They've went through the medical community. They went natural. They started cleaned up their diet, and, and they're still in pain like every day, and, and they can't move forward. What What would you say to that person? 
to them to not lose hope. But even if they've mm -hmm. been stuck in pain for a long time, that there is hope, they can recover. Mm -hmm. And with neural circuit pain, this is not pain management. This is not mm -hmm. figuring out how to live with the pain. This is aimed at recovery, at reprogramming right. your brain, reprocessing old emotional baggage, mm -hmm. changing how your brain feels about safety so that you can truly recover from pain. So I would just tell them to yeah. keep going, to learn more about neural circuit pain, mind-body mm -hmm. syndrome, and to know that they can recover from pain. There you go. I mean, like, this is the new age, I feel like. I think more people are going to be looking into this. I know it was started by Dr. Sarno back in the day. He's no longer here, but I, after reading his book, and uh, some people have taken the torch and uh, take, took his um, philosophy and just kind of used it now in medicine. Um, Steve Ornich is one person that comes to mind. Uh, great um, Pain Deception is a great book. Also, um, Dr. Schubner, mm -hmm. Unlearn Your Pain. Those are all books that, I mean, there's statistics in there. there. There's proof that people are actually healing from this, walking away from 20 years of pain after so many surgeries. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to call this a miracle. Some people might just write it off and say it's woo. You know, it's like whatever. It might work for somebody else, but not for me. Mm -hmm. Don't knock it till you try it because I was one of them. I'll be honest. Like, mm -hmm. I was really one of them. I, I tried every avenue, and then I'm like, what do I have to lose? Mm -hmm. Really? Like, if they're telling me that I'm broken and I can't get better, so w what do I have to lose by trying to look into this? Uh, but once I started looking into it, I started feeling so much better. Um, and right now I'm like, I'm on a roll and it, and this shit takes long time. I mean, for some people it might take a couple months for other people it might take a year. It might take more. And just like Rose said, um, everyone's on their own journey. So if I heal in six months, doesn't mean that you're going to heal in six months. Is it, what do you think about that Rose? I, first of all, think that you are going to be healed much sooner than six months. Right. And that's another thing. I need now. to stop limiting myself, which you which you pointed out <laughs> in our conversation on the phone. You're like, you always say hope. You're not hoping. You already are good. You're like talking in, in present tense. Like, mm -hmm. you're good. You're good. And as soon as I got off the phone, I was like, I am good. <laughs> <laughs> that's great to hear. <laughs> I think that there is this element to when we talk about mind body and when we talk about meditation or we talk about thinking your way out of pain there is this thought that it's like this woo woo magical this is not magic this is neuroscience your brain is constantly adapting whether you are learning piano or reprogramming your brain out of pain or learning a new software your brain is made to adapt so all that's happened when you're stuck in a pain cycle is your brain became maladapted. It was mm -hmm. trying to keep you safe, and it tried so hard that it just started sending you pain all the time. So you can unlearn that. You can mm -hmm. learn better ways to cope so that you right. can turn down that pain. So it's really not and magic. It's really neuroscience. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not saying, like, you know, if something's working for you, stop it and then you know, look into this. If something's working, by all means, stick with that. Mm -hmm. But if, if you've tried every avenue and you knocked on every door and every door has slammed in your face, what else options do you have? And that's where I was at. And so that's why, you know, I brought you on the show. I mean, um, your energy is just 
very contagious, like just the way you come across on social media. It was like you were talking to me and uh, very passionate about what you do. And when you reinforce that I am good, I am going to be fine even sooner than that, giving me this positive energy, I needed to hear that from my doctor. I needed to hear that from somebody that I trust. And here you are. I don't even like I've I just talked to you and you're telling me this. And I feel like I've been talking to you a lot longer than that. And you're telling me you're you're good. Like I understand your pain. And maybe it's just I needed someone to listen to me. And it looks like from your situation too, as long as somebody was willing to listen to you, that Mm -hmm. was like the first step in this process of healing. I mean, would you agree with that? I think feeling heard and feeling seen, but also just allowing myself to feel like maybe I could recover. Because the other Mm -hmm. obstacle that I faced was I'd been living in this pain for six and a half years. I had been <laughs> I had been walking upstairs backwards, okay? Some a friend of a friend was like, "Oh, I had this friend, they had back pain. They walked up the stairs backwards and it helped." I was like, "Okay." I walked up backwards for like 5 years. I had had <laughs> steroid injections, prolotherapy, PRP injections. I had paid thousands and thousands of dollars, and there was this part of me that was like, "Rose, this can't be the cause of your pain because then that means you didn't have to do any of that. You could, you know, you could have recovered from this six months in and not six years in. Right. And that's where that self-compassion and forgiveness comes in. Right. Every day we choose, do we want to heal? Do we want to change? What do we want to do? And just because you've been in a pain cycle or you've, tried lots of different things, it doesn't mean that you won't find something that works. Right. It doesn't mean you should give up hope. I can definitely relate with you. I used to walk around the grocery store and these wires would be hanging out and they would fall underneath my pants into my socks and it would like shock me because I had these electrodes on the back. So I would think like, okay, if I get pain, I can just turn it on and it would be embarrassing because I would have all these patches and None of that worked. I mean, it was just all temporary. And, uh, you know, thankfully today, you know, I I don't have to worry about putting all that stuff on my back and um, you're just on my way to healing and mm-hmm. to uh, have more people like you that are passionate about the work that you do. So I appreciate you um, definitely being a guest on this show today. And uh, hopefully this could help at least a couple people out there um, that might be suffering. So, Rose, before we leave, um, can you just tell us? your uh, contact information if you want to just let people know where we can find you sure thing so my website is courageousqueendom.com and my email is rose at courageousqueendom.com there you have it again it was a pleasure having you on the show thank you so much for having me absolutely all right guys thanks so much for tuning in if you can uh, share this you on Apple um, iTunes. It definitely helps me out. And with that said, we are out. You're listening to the On Call Impact.